vision. So the title of today's message is, is Vision Sunday. Uh, I want you to do something with me real quick. All of you have notes. There should be an ink pen on your, on your uh, seat or on the seat in front of you. Grab that, that ink pen real quick because I'm going to get you to write down some things real fast. Uh, I want you to write down the name of a person who has been the biggest influence or biggest impact in your life. Write down that person's name. Whoever, who, whoever it is that has had the biggest impact or the biggest influence in your life, write that name down on your notes. You don't have to turn this in. You don't have to do nothing like that. You're not getting graded on it. Don't freak out. Don't bust out in the sweats and things like that. Just, just write that person's name down. And then right next to their name, I want you to write down one word that best describes them. Just one word that best describes them. Best describes that person. And then right next to that, I want you to write down your name. And then I'm going to ask you a question. One day, if someone's asked, who is the most influential person in your life? And the answer is you. What are they going to write next to your name? What one word will they use to describe you? That's your legacy. That's your legacy. That's who you're known for. That's what your life has been about. That's your legacy. All of us need to answer the question, what legacy am I living or am I leaving? What legacy am I leaving? Because that's the legacy that you're writing. John Maxwell says you are either reading your story or you're writing your story. One or the other. Legacy is the future without you, but still influenced by you. That's what legacy is. Legacy is the future. You're not there, but it's still being influenced because of you. That's legacy. Martin Luther King Jr. left a legacy. He fought against racial discrimination with an I Have a Dream speech. Uh, Mother Teresa left a legacy. She spent her life caring for lepers and homeless in India. She won the Nobel Peace Prize. Steve Jobs left a legacy. Because he revolutionized the technology industry with the iPhone. And some of you are like, I wish he never would have. <laughs> William Tyndale left a legacy because he translated the Bible into English. I don't know if you realize that. He translated it into English. Say thank you. Everyone leaves a legacy. Everyone will, simply everyone will leave a legacy. The reality is, is that we all get to choose what kind of legacy we leave. It's not forced upon us. It's not just determined in the stars. It's not just luck and happenstance. It has to be intentional. It has to have a purpose. We get to leave a legacy. Every one of us. What legacy will we leave? Psalms 112 verse 4 says this. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. It says, good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Do you know that whatever you live for is what you're remembered for? How many funerals have you been to 
and they can all tell you about the person in the casket and what they were remembered for. It's a sad day when all they can say is, boy, he loved to cut his grass. I mean, it feels kind of soothing and comforting. Oh, he loved to cut his grass. Oh, he just loved, he loved to cut his grass. Lord Jesus, I want to be remembered more, more than just for cutting my grass. Amen? I want to be known for more than just having a pretty house, right? I want people to line up and say, he affected my life. He did this for me. He spoke this into me. I want my kids to say, he left this example for us to follow. He left some big old shoes for us to fill. The reality, though, is, is if we don't define what our life is all about, our problems will. Isn't that true? If you're not careful, you'll end up letting your problems determine the course of your life and then determine what your legacy is going to be. When in reality, we should have a legacy and a vision for our life that continues to go no matter what kind of problems we have. Amen? How many of you would like to leave a God-honoring legacy? Show your hands. One that your grandkids will remember. Well, in order to leave a legacy like that, I must first understand that God has a vision for my life. What is a vision? A vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. It's a clear picture of a preferable future. Vision allows you to see what you're supposed to be, supposed to do, and supposed to build. When God gives you a vision, you make preparations for it. You plan. You strategize. Come on, all you mamas. When you found out you were pregnant, what did you do? You started dreaming. You started visioning, right? You started having visions of what that room was going to look like. You had a little frustration because you were trying to figure out how to get your husband to do it. Come on, somebody. Will he ever do it? Dear God, the baby's going to be 10 before I get the room finished. But you had a vision, right? And what did you do with that vision? You started to plan. You started to prepare, right? Some of you are so jacked up right now, you've already got your Christmas tree up. <laughs> I, I'm joking. You're not jacked up. You're not messed up. You just really, 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 really like Christmas. But you had a vision for Christmas this year, right? <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. I've got a lot of thoughts running through my head right now. <laughs> the contrary is this, is that when people live life without vision, they usually live frustrated and confused. Simply because their life has no purpose. It has no direction. It has no meaning. It has no, no point that it's shooting for. It's like going on a ride and not knowing where you're going. That can be fun one time, but if you do it every time, it gets old. Right? Proverbs 29 says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. What is God's vision for your life? You need to know that. Every person needs to know what God's vision is for your life. It is not complicated. It is not a mystery. God's not playing hide and seek with you and hoping that you discover it one day. It is plain. God's vision for us is plain. And it's simple for us to understand. And we should know what it is. You want me to give it to you? His vision for you is to know him. 
to know God. It's to know God. It's to find freedom. To discover freedom. To, to allow him to bring people and opportunities and his presence and his power into your life. To, to break off some things that need to be broken off. Because here's the reality. Every one of us has a past. Every one of us has some issues. Every one of us has some bad habits that are keeping us from God's best. Just shake your head because you got some. Then he wants us to discover our purpose. They say the two most important days of your life is the day that you were born and then the day that you discover why. Why am I on this planet? It's not to work a job. It's got to be better than that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I mean, it's cool when you're 20, but you get 40, you're like, golly, life's got to be better than this. It has to have more meaning than this. And then the fourth thing is to make a difference. God's vision for your life is to make a difference. He hardwired you to make a difference with your life. And I'll step out on a limb and say this, that you won't ever be fulfilled in life until your life begins to make a difference in somebody else's life. You will always and continually live empty, shorthanded, and frustrated. You can buy everything they offer on commercials. You can go to and buy everything there is online. It'll never fill the void of your life making a difference in somebody else's. He intends for us to make a difference. Your life matters. You're here for a reason. You ever wonder why you're still in Eunice? <laughs> you're here for a reason <laughs> come on somebody <laughs> I'm not going to dabble in that one too long you might start thinking of moving so how do I know if the vision I have is from me or from God how do I know if it's from me or if it's from God number one God's vision is always bigger than me <laughs> it's always bigger than me God's vision isn't something that I can walk out in the backyard and do real quick Right? God's vision is bigger than me. I go, really? It's bigger than me. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. God can do more than you can imagine, more than you can dream, more than you can think. God can do bigger things than you can even imagine. And his vision for your life should be bigger than you. Number two, God's vision is impossible to accomplish without his help. God's vision is not something that you can do solo. You need his help. God's vision should require God so that he gets the glory and not you. If you're getting the glory, it probably wasn't God's vision. You see, God loves for us to be dependent not independent. I'm sorry somebody taught you that you needed to be independent, and you might need to be independent in some areas of your life, but ultimately our dependence should be on God. And the moment we get away from our dependence being on God, it's simply on us now. If I don't need God in every situation, then I just need myself. Amen? Number three, God's vision is compelling. 
It draws you. It captivates you. It'll keep you up at night. It stays in your mind. God's vision, is, it seems to always stay in front of you. Listen to what it says. It draws you. God's vision speaks to you. It's a burden in your heart. It's something that messes you up a little bit. It's compelling. God not only has a vision for your life, but he also has a vision for families. And God has a vision for churches. You ever wonder why there's so many churches in Eunice? Do you realize that every church has a, we all have a main purpose, but we're all here for different reasons? Because God has a vision for our Savior's church. He has a vision for Word Ministries. He has a vision for New Hope Fellowship. He has a vision for churches on this end. He's got a vision for churches on that end. He's got a vision for churches there and even over there. We got one main purpose, and that's to preach the gospel, but we're going to come from different directions. God has a vision for every one of us, for our families and even for our churches. And it's our responsibility as a church to know what God's vision is for us. Amen? So I want to share that with you this morning. I want you to watch this video of God's vision for us, what's coming down the road. And I want, I want you to hear a transition that's getting ready to happen. So watch this. Hey, OSC family, Pastor Josh here alongside Pastor Bubba, and we are so excited to be kicking off Vision Sunday is today, along with kicking off our Legacy Legacy, series. yeah, absolutely. And so, you tell know, us a little bit about Legacy. I mean, we're coming up on 20, 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah, 20 years. Uh, we actually started 20 years ago on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. third week of January, and you know, it's amazing what God's done, Pastor Josh. I mean, you remember that first service at the Holiday Inn. We yep. had 19 people there, and uh, we were just so excited. And then, you know, then we got to about a year and a half journey, tearing down, setting up, and then we came and we found this property, and God just miraculously provided for us in yep. six and a half weeks, and we started out debt-free, yep. and uh, it was just so amazing. And then, then you see that all of that started. Now we have three campuses, about 1,500 people meeting on the weekends between the three campuses and yeah, it's just it's amazing when you think about the last 20 years if you think back 20 years ago did you see all this I had other people tell me about it I saw things I, what I really prayed for and you know this without anybody I prayed that God would give us a tithe of the city mm. and just to see what God has been doing these last yeah. few years and, and we're actually living in that right now yeah. Pastor Josh and it, it is beyond what we thought but we knew that God sent us here yeah. with his blessing and his hand and his favor and uh, we're just excited I remember that time you and I went to that conference and we go man we did everything wrong. They told us it's all God. And then we go, we ain't that smart. And we knew it was all God. It's true. So, yeah. It's true. So when you look back at the last 20 years, what do you think of, like, how do you feel about all that? Like, what are you grateful for as you look at what God's done? First of all, I have to say I'm grateful for my wife and my family and my children. Man, I'm going to make that trip to come from Broussard to here yeah. and then for you to come and this partner and then I asked you to pray yeah. this is what God wanted you to be and you came back and said God told me this is what I'm supposed to be and so I'm thankful for that but I'm also thankful for the people that have been faithful throughout the years yeah. when you think about legacy it's the series we're kicking off today mm -hmm. what do you want your legacy to be Wow, you know, I want my legacy to be that I love my wife, mm. 
that I love people, but also that we came to make a difference and reaching people, building lives. That means that we came to build God's kingdom and not our own. Now, we're shooting a, a video today because we kind of have some historic things that are about to happen take yeah. place in our church. So you want to share a little bit sure. of what's happening there? Well, just to let people know that uh, uh, actually we're going to pass the torch to Pastor Josh and, and Lindsay uh, about to be the senior pastors. And it's time. Hmm. It's not because I've had cancer, but it's been, it's just time. And we're still pastoring the people, but it's more of like a founding pastor or father of the house, yeah. however you want to put it. And uh, we're here to minister. I'm here to, to still minister at the churches as needed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm still young. Come on. Don't, yeah, you are. I'm still young. <laughs> and it, gives, it actually gives Tracy and I an opportunity to travel. And some of the no, connections we've made through other pastors and other ministries around the world. Why now? Well, you know, you and I were talking about, I was telling you, I was reading a book about uh, just why churches get sick, why they die. Yeah and it gets centered around a person and we've never wanted to do that it's now because we know that to go forward you yeah. got to know when your time is to step into another level mm -hmm. and that's where Tracy and I are at we know it's time mm -hmm. and it's time for y'all my desire is to, to uh, train leaders help be yeah. on the side I'm, I want to be the biggest cheerleader at this church and uh, you know we we came and we started it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we can't cheerlead. And, and you know, my privilege is to see you as a son of a son in the house, yeah. you know, my spiritual son. To, I want your, your success is my success, yeah. and my success is your success. Yeah. Some people go, well, Pastor Bubba, Pastor, we miss you. I said, well, if you miss me, this is how you love me, if you love Josh. Mm. If you can love Pastor Josh, then you love me. Mm. And it goes vice versa. just want to say thank you for the last decade of a lot of what we're experiencing as a church right now is because of the faithful plowing and sowing and a lot of behind the scenes that you and Miss Tracy have done and the sacrifices that you and your family have made. I think we're reaping. We're standing on, the, on your shoulders. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. I, I, I think, think our best days are ahead of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about that, <laughs> we, we, we haven't even gotten into future things now because mm. now, I mean, a lot of what legacy is is us not just celebrating the past, but also looking to the future and where we're going and what we feel God's calling us to do. And I know we have some really exciting things coming uh, for all of our campuses right now. And so uh, we've seen God do a lot here in Jennings. Of course, last year we did Legacy for yeah. the first time, believing God for uh, $250,000 to build our kids' building. And through the generosity of our people and the faithfulness of God, we built a kids' building debt-free Come on, and which is the best. I mean, just I'm thinking about last month, we saw 23 kids get baptized right here. In, in the Jennings. children's church, not just, just kids, kids kids only. Because people are bringing their, their families, we're running out of space. Um, we're running out of space in the worship center. We're running out of parking space. Um, I know here in Jennings, we just added a fourth service to try to help with that. But, of course, another thing is we're, we need more parking. So I know for Legacy for Jennings, um, we're going to be adding more parking. And then on top of that, of course, uh, just upgrading our facilities and our connections building and here. And so excited for that. 
But what gets me really excited is what just happened last year in Jennings is, I believe, is going to happen in Eunice this year because the legacy project for Eunice this year is we're going to be building a new kids facility. Uh, we got a building donated to us um, and moved on to our property, which was a God thing in Absolutely. and of itself. And now we're believing for us to build that to create more space for more kids to meet Jesus yet again. And so the same thing that God did here in Jennings, we're believing the same thing is going to happen right there in Eunice as they create more space for kids to find their calling and find the purpose of God for their life. And then just thinking about Crowley. I mean, come on, Crowley come on. is just celebrated five years. Wow. So we are five years into Crowley and God's doing so much. That is our only campus that has been portable though. And so from the Rice Theater to different buildings to now being in the cinema and just to think that every Sunday dedicated faithful people go and set up every Sunday to create the cinema to be a place for people to encounter Jesus is is so powerful already in and of itself. So for Crowley this year, we are going to strategically start raising funds just to be ready for when something comes available. Just I know, I know switch. yeah, we've been knocking on doors and we've been talking to oh people and we've been looking everywhere and we're just, we're waiting for God to open that door and we know that God's going to open that door and, and our heart is to see Crowley get a home. Yeah, you and I have so. talked about that quite a bit and look, we've gone to buildings, we've talked to people, landowners, everything else, so really Crowley, let me, let me just say this. Keep praying. We believe yeah. that God is going to provide not just a place, but the place. Yeah, absolutely. We believe God can will provide, absolutely. but it's going to take everyone. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of Legacy is we get to go on a journey together. Everyone does. Everyone has value. Everyone has a part to play. And when everyone plays their part, we see God do the impossible. I think of I think of Ephesians three twenty. Not into who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us and so thinking like god does the the unimaginable he does the miraculous but he does it through us yeah and so we are the instruments that he uses and so we're thinking as we go exactly we're the absolute mouthpiece we have to see with our eyes and so that's what we're asking for you as we go into this legacy series is for you to be praying and for you to be asking god that's all we're actually asking you ask god what he wants you to do and then you just do it because we are we're in everyone church and so we want everyone to be a part of the vision of what god is doing through osc to reach more people and to build more lives yeah i believe the most important thing is that people realize that god wants to give you eyes to see it means I'm praying that God give you Jesus contact lenses to see the need of this community, of this region, how people need Jesus. That God wants to be use our hands not only to lift people up, but also to, to bless and to be a part of investing in what God has for the future for every one of us. And then through all that, I believe this. It always happens. Expect the unexpected. God just does incredible things when we are willing to step out of the boat and we're willing to walk in the journey God's called us to. And so I'm excited about what God has for us in the future. Hey, OSC family, we're so excited to have you on this journey with us. And as we said, we are an everyone church. And so thank you for doing your part to help us continue to reach people and build lives.
give God some glory for that. Lots of great things happening, transition taking place, vision for the future. Come on. How many of you are, are find a little bit of security in the fact that we pray and we ask God where we're going as a church? We're not just wondering which way to go. We're, we're praying and asking God to show us the direction. So I want to wrap the message up this morning with talking about God's vision and what it takes. God's vision takes four things, and I want to share them with you quickly, and then I'm going to let you go this morning. Number one, God's vision takes faith. It takes faith. We see it. It takes faith. We have to see it. Jesus said in John 4, he said, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. He said, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. What was he saying to his disciples? You need to always have your eyes open, expecting to see what's available and the opportunities that are in front of you. That's what Jesus is saying. By faith, you need to see what's available to you, the opportunities that are in front of you. A couple of Sundays ago, I stepped out of the back door, and I was going to visit with the guys in the parking lot, and four little kids come walking from the trailer park, being led by one little girl who was the oldest. She was about 10 years old, and she's coming, and the youngest one was somewhere around five. They came from the, park, from the trailer park behind us walking. No parents, no supervision. She sees me. She's all the way at the dumpster. She says, hey, what time's church? I said, you can come on in now. I was like, let's get you off the streets. Come running over here with them babies. Get you off the street. Brought them inside. Got them something to eat. They were hungry. They stayed for two services. We, we had some adults bring them back home to only find that their parents had just woke up. Look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. It takes faith. The second thing it requires is sacrifice. We choose it. Faith, we need to see it. Sacrifice, we need to choose it. Romans 12.1 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You always have to lay something down for something else to happen. Something needs to die before something can always grow. You got to make a decision to do what's right and not what's convenient. A legacy person can't think about convenience. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said about the Good Samaritan. He said, the priest and the Levite asked the wrong question. The priest and the Levite, if you know the story, come walking by this man who was beaten and left in a ditch. And the priest and the Levite asked the wrong question. They said, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? He said, but the good Samaritan asked the right question. He said, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? One was concerned about themselves. The other one was concerned about the person. Are you seeing this? That was the right question. We need to be asking this question today here at Our Savior's Church. If no one reaches out to the next generation, who will? What will happen to them? Think about kids raising themselves and what they're going to turn into as adults. You want to know what burns in my heart? That's what bothers me. That's what burns in my heart is what's going to happen to the next generation. 
that have to raise themselves. They don't know how to be cared for. They don't know how to be loved. They don't know how to be protected. They don't know what security is. How are they ever going to find God? How are they ever going to trust God to be all that to them if they never experience it from their parents? It requires sacrifice. The third thing it requires is generosity. We give it. Psalms 112 says they share freely and they give generously to those in need. Their good deeds, watch this, will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. You want to know how to gain influence in a city and to gain honor in a city? It's through generosity. It's through generosity. It's being generous. It's being sacrificial. Giving is one of the most eternal things that we can do. Think about that. John Maxwell said that everyone that passes through life takes something and leaves something. Be sure to leave more than you take. Isn't that good? I'm not talking about tithing, y'all. That's the Lord's. I'm talking about going above that. To give sacrificially, to be generous with your life. All three of these projects are vital and they're very important to every one of us, every campus. All these projects are important. For Jennings, it's important that they expand their parking lot and make more room and enhance their facilities. For us, it's vital that we finish this building and make more room for kids because our current kids' space isn't big enough. We make more room, God brings more kids. And all my OSC kids volunteers went, really? But he also brings more people to help volunteer, so we'll double your teams. We'll do something. We'll let somebody else preach, and Pastor Jamie will go back there. But we have a God gap of $250,000. $100,000 for Jennings, $100,000 for Eunice to totally remodel that building. Outside, all the way to the inside, new sewage, new plumbing, new air conditioning, new decorations inside, two new bathrooms. We're going to add on a 14 by 14 check-in to the front of it. So now you can check your older kids in that environment there. Nice building, nice facilities for more kids. It's going to cost us $100,000. $50,000 is going to get put in savings for Crowley. So when property or, or buildings come available, we can jump on it. The kingdom of God is built on us doing what we can do. And all we'll ever ask you as a church is to just simply pray. Just pray. I'm not looking at you saying, I need 20000 from you. I need 20000 from you. I need 50000 from you. I need, a, I need a 150 from you. I need, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. You follow me? I'm at, we're asking you to pray and ask God what he wants you to do. So on November 17th, I want you to join and partner with us for our legacy offering on November 17th. And then the final thing that is required for God's vision is urgency. We do it today. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, there's two things that you can't get back. You can't get back spoken words. And you can't get back missed opportunities. We have an opportunity to build for the next generation. Why is legacy so important? You want to know why it's so important? Because heaven and hell are real. And people still go there today. 
That's why it's so important. This is the day that will be remembered. So I want to do something real quick as I wrap this message up. Anna, you can get on the keys. If you've been here for a while and you've been born again, you gave your life to Jesus within the last year, I want you just to stand up. Within the last 12 months, if you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to stand up. They must all be coming to the next service. We praise you today. In the last two years, I want you to stand up. If you've given your life to Jesus within the last two years, I want you to stand up. Last three years, rededication, that's fine. Last four years, if you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to stand up. Last five years, if you've given your life to Jesus, I want you to stand up. And I want you to all look around. This is why. What you see standing is families changing, genealogies changing, generations changing. Spiritual, from spiritual death into spiritual life. You're seeing transformation. That's why. This is why we exist as a church. This is the why. Amen? You can be seated. I heard somebody say one time that Jesus saved my soul, but the church saved my life. And I believe that. Because it's the men and the women that make up God's church, the body of Christ, that have changed my life. God using people to make a difference in somebody else's life. Can I pray this morning?